Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well. Sorry I was trying to uh, get over to the uh, YouTube video and uh, I was playing that Stephen Curtis Chapman song, We Are Not Home Yet, and uh, hit uh, another video by mistake, uh, so uh, sorry about that. Hello, Mr. Mike Clark. Hope you're doing well this evening. As I trust everybody's doing well this evening, I, uh, I hate that we've had to uh, go back to online services on Sunday evenings. Remember, we're still doing physical service. Uh, there's, you know, uh, there weren't, you know, you don't have to wear a mask or you stay six foot apart. I mean, that's your choice. You do as you desire. But uh, uh, so we're still having physical service uh, on Sunday mornings from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. And now Sunday night, Wednesday night, we're going to continue to do online service. And really, um, <clears throat> as some of you know, I have a very low immune system. And uh, that way, Sunday mornings, uh, we can have church as usual. But that gives time uh, to get it cleaned before next Sunday, and uh, uh, it just uh, lowers my risk uh, of getting something. You know, I don't. If I was to get this COVID thing with all my breathing issues, it may be uh, detrimental. Uh, then again, uh, you know, my wife. I think she's planning a huge trip to Disney if something happens to me. But uh, of course, I'm just joking. At least I hope I am. Anyway, but uh, uh, so I hope you understand uh, that's the reason why we can't do that on Sunday evenings and. It's just too dangerous right now uh, with all the, uh, uh, it's crazy how all these cases have spiked here within the last couple of weeks. And uh, so let's just see what happens. We'll, we'll probably get back to it eventually on Sunday evenings, but right now we're going to have to do it this way just, just for a little while and uh, see how it goes. And uh, but at least we still get to be together on Sunday mornings. That's, that's the cool thing. At least we can still do that anyway. Now, oh, my wife's being mean. She said maybe. So, uh, so we all... If something happens to me, y'all keep a close eye on her because she's going to be heading out to uh, Florida to go to Disney and celebration. So uh, uh, if something happens to me, see that it is highly suspect. Remember, Brandy, I have a lot of friends who are on the police force, so uh, you keep that in mind for anything that you're um, trying to uh, uh, plan there. So. Well, anyway, let's go ahead and um, look at our verses this morning. Oh, Kim, Stephen Hensley is laughing emoji. Shame on you, Mrs. Hensley. Here, I thought she was a sweet lady. No, I never thought that. Anyway, let's look at Hebrews. I'm sorry, Hebrews. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And as me, Pappy always says, uh, let's uh, bless this hearing, the ring of tours. Kimberly Mosier says, is there anyone else having audio issues? I don't, of course, if she's having audio issues, she can't hear me. <laughs> so don't know if somebody could respond to Kim and let her know uh, that uh, you can hear. Okay, there you go. Thank you, Kim. Uh, you think uh, uh, my wife would, uh, be one of the first ones, but she's slacking. So thank you, Kim, for your diligence and your kindness. Um, but uh, uh, good, good evening to you too, Mr. Jamie Arnold and Linda. <laughs> I, I know they had a typo on being mean. Uh, good evening there, Mr. Trailer. Good to see you. And um, of course, I can't see you. That'd be a little weird. Uh, anyway, um, let's see here. I didn't get the prayer request list from this morning. I don't think it's really changed a whole lot. Let me look and see if I got an old one here. Um, figures I don't have one with me but anyway if you have any um, uh, any prayer requests or concerns just put those in the comments section there um, I can't believe I forgot to get that list this morning I, I got in the habit of 
being at the church on Sunday evenings and uh, just didn't think about grabbing it uh, today. And uh, here I was up at the pulpit and everything. So, uh, yeah, Brandy said Kim is teacher's pet. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's why she gets extra credit on her uh, test scores. And she's the A student and Brandy's in the back of the class uh, getting failing grades. So, well, let's go ahead and have a quick word of prayer if we may. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all your many wonderful blessings. Lord, I just pray that um, you'll be with each and every person here that's watching this evening. And I pray that you'll lead them, guide them, watch over, protect them. Lord, help us to learn, help us to glean from your word this evening. And uh, Lord, just pray with all the prayer requests and concerns. You know, I. Uh, Forgot the prayer request sheet, but see what's so wonderful is uh, you're omnipresent, you're uh, uh, all powerful, all knowing, and uh, you know our hearts and minds, and you know uh, the needs and concerns of each and every person, uh, whether watching or not. And uh, Lord, us will lift up those concerns, and I, I pray that you'll be with our sister in Christ, uh, Wendy Lee and Kim Penix. I pray that you be a Ginger and Troy Hood. I pray that you be a Linda and David Feathers. Lord, I pray that you be a Jane Kitchings and Ron Thompson and uh, Larry and Donna Knight. Uh, Lord, I pray you be the Fran Payer and her sisters. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, uh, you'll be with Johnny and Nora. I pray that uh, you'll be with uh, so many uh, people. Lord, I pray you be with Eddie Green, uh, Lord, and, uh, and all the unspoken concerns. And Lord, I just pray that you will be done in all things, in all situations. Let us submit to that. Let us uh, glorify you in thought, word, and deed. Lord, we praise your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Well, I, uh, um, hey, I forgot that prayer request sheet, but uh, you know, if you have any prayer concerns, just put them in the comments, and uh, we can all pray over those different situations. Mrs. Um, <clears throat> Pear says that her friend Deanna is in the hospital with COVID, and her friend uh, Trissa's mom's in a hospital with several health issues, not COVID. Merv, Ron Thompson, her sisters, and her daughters. We'll definitely be keeping you in prayer, Miss Pear, and... Uh, uh, you know, that's, that's crazy. Uh, I told my mom today, it just blows my mind the amount of people that's on my Facebook right now that's been diagnosed with COVID. It's just weird, you know, uh, how many people's getting it. Uh, Brandy says she has a feeling everybody's going to get it sooner or later, and uh, she's always just a, a, a light uh, in, in the world of darkness. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> what what joy and hope she brings <laughs> well everybody's going to get it eventually so i'm uh, glad that glad we have her insights to uplift us every day <laughs> but anyway let's hope and pray everybody don't get it uh, but uh, particularly me i think she's got uh, big plans for me i really do uh announcement wise of course you don't obviously we're not meeting on sunday evenings physically and uh, we'll do uh, sunday night wednesday night online only uh, physical church Sunday mornings from 11 to 12. Uh, no, the harvest party has been canceled, uh, and of course a lot of um, fall gatherings and and trick or treating and things like that has been canceled because it's COVID. And I know a lot of people don't like it; they're having a fit. And uh, you know, I, I think that's one reason why we've seen this spike. I think some people just being uh, uh, stubborn; they don't want to wear it and wear the mask and, and I think that's why we're seeing a huge spread and we're just going to get past that you know uh, I think some of it goes back to our uh, Scottish roots a lot of people in this area are Scotch-Irish descent we are rebellious by nature and we don't like to be told what to do uh, and we're going to get past that look I hate it too I hate the stupid mask I hate seeing people walk around with these masks on 
Uh, hello, Verna and Zoe. Uh, I hate wearing them myself. I despise it. I keep breathing the stupid things. I don't know what's true, what's not true. I think some numbers been overblown. You know, it's we don't know what to believe right now. You know, and and you wear a mask, you feel like people are making fun of you and uh, thinking you're just a sheep. And you know, but right now, if that's you know, that's like somebody out on there said, well, you. Uh, uh, pretend like I'm wearing a mask, pretend like yours works, you know, kind of crap. And I just get so sick of hearing that and seeing that stuff, you know. Uh, if it works, it works. Uh, why well, take the chance, you know? Maybe it will, uh, uh, it's, Biden says it's going to be a dark winter. Uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> it is, uh, if, it, if, it, if there's a chance, or just a minute chance, uh, these stupid masks working, hey, isn't it worth uh, even trying uh, to help lower some of these numbers uh, when it comes to COVID, you know? Uh, I, I don't, I, I, I flip-flop back and forth. Sometimes I think it's political. Sometimes I think, uh, well, maybe it is, you know, as real as they say it is. I don't know. You know, the, the thing is, we can't get real answers. There's no real news source out there anymore that can really give us anything of any substance to let us know for sure what's going on. So, you know... I just ask you to pray about it, you know, really just pray about it and just put your needs, put uh, others above yourself. And, and I think that's biblical and I think that's what God calls us to do. And uh, you can, if you disagree, that's fine. You know what? We can still be friends until disagree. You know, that's a great thing. There's a lot of people that put stuff on Facebook I don't agree with, but I can still be their friends. And it's, it's really, really hurt me um, to see those out there who have uh, uh, even, you know, gotten upset with me and uh, took me off their Facebook or quit the church or something like that you know, because of my uh, views on what's going on and uh, yeah, I, I ain't gonna lie it does hurt but uh, I just I don't get it I, I can like I say I could be uh, disagree uh, with people and still be friends but oh well let me better move on so anyway uh, that's about all the announcements I can think of right now and uh, hopefully everybody understands as to why we're having to Go in the direction that we are, we are going in. So, uh, but Sharon Boyd says that God's in control of it all. Well, thank you, Mrs. Boyd. I tell you what, when you, uh, uh, she, she is a wonderful mother-in-law. They don't get no better than her. So I praise God for my mother-in-law. I love to give her a hard time. I love to tease her, but she, I love her, and I love my father-in-law dearly. And and uh, I would say I'd do anything in the world for them, but um, they take advantage of that, and they would actually expect me to do everything in the world for them. So I won't say that, but I do love them. <laughs> anyway, let's go look at our verses this morning, this evening. Let's look at Titus chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 3 through 6. Uh, and actually, this is what I was going to uh, get into uh, last Sunday, but we, we only got through... Uh, verses 1 and 2 in regards to the Christian characteristics of uh, of men, particularly older men, and we didn't get past beyond that. I planned on diving into this this past Wednesday, but uh, Dad had done his expose on uh, uh, Halloween, so I aired that instead, so uh, that's why we're just now getting into uh, uh, these verses here. So it's probably a good thing that I am uh, separate uh, and not doing this out in the open and live where women can get a hold of me because they may get very upset with what I want to say tonight. <laughs> Let's hope not. But um, verses 3 through 6 says, Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slenders or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and to train the young women to love their husbands and children, 
to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. All right. Let's go ahead and have another quick word of prayer, if we may. Dear Father, dear Father Lord, again, uh, we thank you and praise you. And uh, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to spread the gospel message. Lord, I pray that your spirit uh, will fill not only uh, this little office here, but uh, every home that's watching this evening or listening. Uh, let, let your, Lord, let your word go out and go forth. Uh, let people glean from it. Let them learn from it. Uh, Lord, let us always strive to have that uh, mind of Christ. Let us serve you well. And uh, Lord, uh, let us never stop learning, never stop growing. Let us always humble ourselves before you and serve you well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so we look here. Okay, the first one to look at older women likewise are to be reverent, okay, in their behavior. Likewise, they're to be reverent. Uh, in other words, they are to be. Uh, uh, live uh, a life of uh, I don't know, to be sacred, uh, to, um, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think how to be the best way to word it here, um, to, um, well, just to live righteously. There's a way, there's one way to put it, uh, uh, to live in a way that is pleasing unto God, uh, to reverently, uh, humbly, you know, and, and like I said, you know, now last time we spoke, uh, we were directing it towards men, uh, the older men in particular, and now again we're addressing this towards women. And uh, to humble uh, ourselves, male or female, uh, is an act of, um, uh, of being selfless. And I think that comes very difficult uh, for us as Christians, for us in general, because I think that we are inherently selfish people we are prideful people and uh, it's because of that pride that arrogance uh, that uh, we are in an enmity with God uh, our uh, flesh wars against the spirit and so uh, that's why we have to work extra hard uh, to humble ourselves before God to show that that uh, that reverence uh, that uh, uh, is demonstrating that God is first in our lives and it doesn't come easy. It's something we all have to work at. And, is, and is, it can be very difficult uh, sometimes. But we have to pray about it. And we have to walk in the Spirit. We have to talk. We have to, uh, uh, we have to spend that time in the Word and prayer. Uh, dying of selves daily. And it's not something that comes naturally. And it goes against the goad of uh, the things of uh, the world. And that's one thing that we're, what we're going to look at this evening. Is going to fly in the face of what the culture defines as a woman and what they and what culture uh, deems uh, is what a lady should do and those particularly with a feminist uh, leaning are not going to like what I have to, to talk about but it's not me I'm trying to explain to you what God's Word has to say but it all goes back to humility what is important to you culture society what they think or what God thinks you know earlier uh, this evening uh, or this afternoon, uh, there was a young lady who's come to church, and she had on there that she's having a, struck, uh, a difficult time when it comes to self-image. 
And that's a, a problem with a lot of young ladies. A lot of women are uh, anorexic, bulimic, uh, you know, uh, uh, are so worried about their weight they have to fit a certain mold. It's no easier for men, you know. You Every action figure is muscular and uh, got the uh, six-pack going on and uh, every action hero is cut and ripped and uh, here I'm sitting here fat and with holes in my underwear eating popcorn watching what's going on, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, and Brady can tell you I've always had a poor uh, self-image uh, body-wise uh, because I, I know I, I, just, I hate the weight I've put on. I, I get down on myself. But here's one thing I was telling this young lady. I said, you know, uh, I can relate. I can understand. I completely understand what you're going through. You know, I've, I have starved myself. I've been bulimic when I was younger. And uh, I didn't want to eat because I was very overweight as a child. And I got tired of being made fun of. And uh, who cares what culture has to say, what others have to say, what society has to say? Because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are made in God's image. And, you know, who cares what society thinks is beautiful? Who cares what society thinks that you should look like? Uh, it's like I was watching something the other day, you know, they made a good point. I said, everybody can eat the same exact thing, have the same exact diet, and everybody would still have a different body type. You know, it... it you're not. Everybody's not going to look the same, no matter how bad you want to look like the model on, Cosmo, on Cosmopolitan or whatever you call it, uh, that uh, uh, been, uh, been, has more um, uh, airbrush done to it and Photoshop done to it. Hey, I can Photoshop. You all know, for those on my social media, you know what I can do with Photoshop, man. I can make... I could ruin somebody if I wanted to, you know. I've, I've been given a gift I try to use for good instead of evil, but I could really hurt somebody if I wanted to, but I choose not to do any harm to anybody. And, um, you know, so you can't compare yourself. You know, I don't know, some of you may even see the video where it shows what the model actually looks like, and then you see what's on the magazine cover look like two completely different women, you know. So these young girls see this, and they think that's where they have to be. And uh, so we have to get to the point and understand that, you know, God looks on the outward appearance. Only man looks on the, I mean, God looks on the inward, looks on the heart, rather. Man looks on the outward appearance. And uh, so we need to get past that. See, when you are, are focused and worried about what others think, what society thinks, uh, and, uh, and, and having a poor self-body image, you're looking uh, outwardly on yourself, all right, you, or, or, or inwardly, however you want to, look, to describe it. Anyway, you're focused on self. But we need to project outwardly to the things of Jesus Christ. That's where our minds and hearts need to be, on the eternal, not on the temporal. That's where we need to be. That's where our focus has to be. And when our focus is on God, when our focus is on the things of Christ, then we can be humble. Then we can show that reverence. Then we can uh, show uh, that God can use us and mold us in, the, in where he needs to be. And even though the things that are that God's word says may be culturally irrelevant, may be considered... Uh, crass may be considered uh, misogynistic or what in, in society's eyes but if we're if we're humbling ourselves before god then we can be used in a mighty way and god can use us to help encourage other people and that's what we're getting at here tonight uh with using older women to encourage the younger women because of the experiences uh the the what you've been through what you've seen can help those uh younger girls who are coming up who might not have had mothers you know it blows my mind and the amount of women who've abandoned uh, their children, uh, that just, uh, uh, their families, to pursue, pursue their own selfishness. And it seems that's becoming more and more commonplace. I mean, it's bad enough when a man would abandon the family. But, you know, when you see a woman who's carried these kids uh, inside them, 
and just up and just leave them. It's just like, you know, get grief. What's going on? You know, it's just it's just uh, even more so unnatural and wrong. But anyway, let's go ahead and move forward here just a little bit. Now, uh, only likewise be are to be reverent in behavior. All right, not slanders. Now, when we see that here, that uh, to not slanders or gossips. All right, we see that this has been used 34 different times in regards to the devil. All right, when you see that, you know that, that's hard to believe. When you see that, you're like, man, I was used 34 times in regards to uh, in reference to the devil, or uh, or you, when you talk about slandering or gossip, uh, is also in the Greek it means to throw something at someone, and uh, you know it's it's a sad state of affairs when we see people on there uh, on social media or face to face uh, are quicker to tear others down than to build them up. And uh, it is so sad that I've seen so many people so eager uh, to hear or, or the, the bad things about somebody uh, than to listen to the good things. You know, they have the, the itching ears, if you will, say, hey, did you hear what uh, so-and-so said about Matt Young? Hey, I want to listen. What did they say? You know, I'd like to hear that, too. What did they say? Uh, you know, and it, it, it is bad. You know, that's um, a sad thing that sometimes those who sing your praises the highest will be the very ones that stab you the back and the quickest. And, um, and I've had that um, happen, uh, whether it's uh, uh, ex-employees or whatever that uh, talk about me or dad like a dog. They wouldn't say anything to our face, but uh, talk about us like dogs. And, um, and even those in the church eager to listen to uh, the, this gossip instead of coming to us uh, like men and saying, Hey, uh, so-and-so said A, B, and C about you. Is that true? But instead, they were spineless and uh, talked about it behind our backs and uh, uh, ended up uh, <clears throat> going somewhere else uh, to church. Well, that's fine. You know, if that's, if that's what they're eager to do, and, uh, you know, I, I refer to them as the Judases, <laughs> you know, that will eat you up to your face but talk about you like a dog behind your back, that's on them, you know. But uh, one thing I'm trying hard, trying hard to do is uh, once I've prayed and I, I've forgiven somebody, uh, who's hurt me or talked about me, I do my best uh, to uh, not only not talk bad about them, but to even lift them up. And I'm not saying that as, as to throw roses on my shoulder or act like I'm super Christian, but if somebody brings somebody up that, you know, really I don't care much for, but they're still a brother in Christ or they're still a sister in Christ, uh, I still try to say, you know what, they're a good person. You know what, they're, you know, I try to think of something positive about them. And if somebody says, well, they said this and this, I'm like, well, you know, I don't want to hear that and go on. And that's what we have to do. Hey, I don't want to hear the gossip. I don't want to hear the slander. I don't want to hear what's going on. Uh, I've forgiven. Let's move on. But see, so many people don't want to do that. Well, when somebody comes up to you and says, hey, did you know so-and-so said this about um, Sharon Boyd or whatever? Heck, yeah, I'm going to listen. No, <laughs> teasing in fact, I'll throw some stuff in. Now, um, uh, you know, that's what we need to say. No, you know, I don't want to hear that stuff. Uh, let's go on and move on. You know, I always, whenever I talk about gossip, I can't I always think about Andy Griffith where he was uh, aggravating the women. He's making fun of them for being gossips and uh, how they can't keep their mouth shut. And then the men had turned around was just as guilty or worse uh, than the women were. And uh, that was just a funny episode. But uh, it kind of made me think of that. The men are just as bad about it as women are. and uh, But that's something we have to be very careful of. 
uh, it's not to be slanderous, to not to, to uh, spread gospel. Nothing's worse than when you tell somebody, if you want something shared, the worst thing you can do is say, hey, don't tell nobody. Because they're going to turn right around and tell everybody. Anybody. You know as well as I do, there's people out there who say, hey, don't say nothing. And you don't sit or walk off, and they're, they're on there saying, hey, let me tell you something. Hey, don't say nothing to nobody, but Matt told me that Brandy was hasn't washed her feet in three years can you believe that you know brandy does wash her feet by the way but i'm just throwing out an example there but uh uh and the, you know so and i've had to learn that the hard way too you know i've told you before i've worked in a lot of medical centers and and in the medical centers predominantly um female employed and uh i've gotten myself in so much trouble because these women would draw me into a uh conversation and they'd be talking about another co-worker can you believe she said this can you believe she said that and they draw me in and then i was stupid enough to say yeah i can't believe that i don't think she does nothing around here or something to that effect 30 minutes later the very woman they're talking about that he stands coming to me getting in my face what's your problem with me what are you talking about me and i'm like whoa 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 and you see the women who were talking just talking about her standing behind her going, yeah yeah he was talking about you it's like What's going on here? <laughs> so I learned the hard way. Keep your mouth shut. All right. Don't say nothing about no. It's like when I joined the Air Force. My grandfather uh, Leo said, uh, uh, Kimberly says uh, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should start every lesson with please don't repeat. This. Yeah, really. I should start every lesson with that, Kim, and uh, maybe the people will share it. Now I remember my grandfather was in the Air Force. He said, don't volunteer for nothing. All right. Don't move. Don't breathe. Nothing. So here I am in boot camp, and I'm standing there, all right? And I, you know, I don't, don't want to move. I don't want to volunteer for nothing. And uh, they're picking road guards. And uh, he was like, I pick you, and I pick you. Well, the guy right in front of me, he goes, and you. And I was like, Whew. and I made the mistake. I made the mistake. I'm going, Whew. and that T.I. saw me. And he goes, oh, wait, no, not you, you. And he pointed right at me, and I was like, Ah, you know, I had to move. I had to breathe. So that's what, you know, so when it comes to gossiping, don't breathe, don't move, don't react. <laughs> Just mind your own business and go on. Get the heck out of there. That's the best thing I could tell you when it comes to gossip and slander. But why it's so sad that there are so many people out there who are so eager to hear the worst about somebody. Is that not a shame? Here we are men and women of God, stone sharp and stone. We should be building each other up. But instead, uh, people are so eager to tear each other down. And have, as Christians, we of all people should be the, the least of those who would be willing to want to do that. And so keep that in mind. You know, uh, if, you're, you know if you're calling yourself a Bible-believing Christian, and you're on the phone with somebody, or you're online talking to somebody, keep these words in mind, all right? Like Kim said, uh, whatever you do, don't repeat this lesson. <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, you know, keep that in mind. Say, hey, is this lifting somebody up or is this tearing somebody down? And if it's leaning in the direction of tearing, say, you know what, uh, let's, let's move on to something else, you know, and, and go on in that direction. But uh, the old devil's sly, man. He knows how to draw you in. He really does. So. All right, so let's move on here. Now, not slanders or slaves to much wine. The reason why I said slaves to much wine. Now, um, I see a lot of ladies uh, who uh, teasingly put uh, different memes about drinking wine on uh, social media. And they're, they're pretty funny, you know. And there may be a lot of ladies and men alike who drink wine. Personally, 
I think wine is the nastiest thing you can actually drink. I, I mean, I, me and Brandy both tried it one time not long after we got married. Thought we was gonna try to be big, and um, it's awful. <laughs> I don't, I do not get the appeal at all. Uh, to me, it was worse than beer. I just, ugh, I, I don't get it. But if that's your thing, uh, you know, so be it. Uh, like I said, I had a lady, very wonderful lady, I think the world over. But um, she quit coming to church because she didn't feel like Dad and I made a, a hard enough uh, stand against, uh, against alcohol. And, um, uh, you know, whatever her convictions were, uh, you know, I don't know the extent. Maybe she grew up in an alcoholic home. Maybe it was, uh, she felt like she had to make a, a sterner stand on it. I mean, I don't know. But uh, whatever the case may be. Now, here's the thing. And the reason why I say all that is to say this. The uh, reason why this is in here is because when you get, you know, sometimes maybe people drink to, to ease aches and pains, you know, and, and uh, if, if uh, you know, I know this is talking about specifically about women here, but uh, if you drink too much, you're liable to have a loose tongue and, and run off at the mouth and say things maybe you wouldn't ordinarily say if you didn't have all that alcohol in your system. That's why that's referring to that. The point is, everything in moderation. If you can have a glass of wine, there's nothing wrong with that. If you can have a beer, there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is, the reason why we, uh, you know, uh, most pastors or Christians like condemn the use of alcohol because very few people can have a beer, a glass of wine. But a lot of people take the box of wine, stick a straw in it like a Capri Sun, and walk around <laughs> drinking that <laughs> box of wine. You know, <laughs> and uh, they're walking around half lit. That's the problem. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, so that's why we, we uh, uh, encourage not to go in that direction. Now, me, on the other hand, uh, not only uh, do I want no part of alcohol, I can't even drink the non-alcoholic stuff. And the reason why is all because I get drunk, obviously. <laughs> but uh, um, it is interesting, though, uh, there was a college study, uh, and there was one, uh, one group was given actual alcoholic beer, and the other was given the placebo, the non-alcoholic beer, and those drinking the non-alcoholic got just as drunk as those with the alcoholic. So it tells you that a lot of that's in your mind. Uh, but anyway, um, the reason why I have problems with the non-alcoholic is because the smell, the taste, uh, it takes me to a very place in my life that I'm not very proud of and that I'm very embarrassed about. Uh, it puts me in a mindset that I don't like. I don't want to ever go back there again. I want to serve the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, body, and being. And it takes me to a place and time where I was very, very selfish. And it brings back a lot of memories of things I don't like about myself. So I, that's why I can't even do that. I can't even do the non-alcoholic. So that's why, you know, we not to be given into to wine because you don't want to uh, uh, start running off the mouth, say something you shouldn't. I like how um, uh, Kim put the uh, throw-up emoji on there in regards to wine. So like I say, I don't get it. I don't get the pill, man. It's because uh, we had the cheap stuff at one time. I don't know. I just uh, do not... Uh, if you got a drink or eat something till you like it, I think there's something bad wrong there. I'll just be honest with you. <laughs> just, you know, that's like saying, it's like, like taking uh, dog feces and saying, oh gosh, it's awful, but everybody else is doing it, so I'll just keep eating it till I like it. So, <laughs> Kim, Kim says she can relate. Um, let's see here. Uh, much one. They have to teach what is good. Okay, so uh, they are to be, uh, women are to be sensible, rational. Uh, to be uh, have uh, that kind of self-control, uh, it is uh, you know sometimes it's hard to be rational in our thinking, men or women alike. Uh, but we they are to be rational. They are to show that self-control. They are to be pure. Uh, they are to teach what is good. 
uh, they are to be kind. You know, when we look at these things, particularly when we look at uh, they are to be pure, you know, what is good, to do what is pure, is having that, um, and again, even though this is, this is uh, going towards uh, specifically about women, this could be applied to anyone because we need to be pure of thought, pure of heart, pure of mind, and we need to be very careful what we're watching, what we're reading. You know, uh, a lot of women, uh, if their emotional needs are not being met, will oftentimes lead them to uh, extramarital affairs. And uh, if, if a woman who is married, if those emotional needs are not being met, then she needs to sit down and talk to her husband. You know, that's why I, I try to be very open and very careful when it comes to Facebook. Brandy knows. She has my passwords. That uh, we have it where we can switch accounts. She can look at mine anytime she wants to. I can look at hers anytime I want to. She can look at. I'll show her every message I get. Uh, she can get into my emails. I don't have nothing to hide. I don't care. Uh, but there's a lot of people out there that, uh, because the emotional needs at home were not met, then uh, they uh, started out uh, maybe talking to an old friend or an old boyfriend or girlfriend on. Um, uh, social media and it turned into uh, an emotional affair which turned into a physical affair. That's why we saw so the devil don't play fair. You have to be very careful who you're talking to on online. And um, uh, so keep that in mind, all right? Then, you know, the, you look statistically, the amount of women who view pornography are uh, on the rise, or almost to that of men. That's a scary situation in and of itself. And all the women that went run to see, they condemn a man quickly for looking at porn, but have no problem going to watch Fifty Shades of Grey or, or Blue or whatever they call it, <laughs> you know, uh, or reading uh, some of these books or, or plum uh, pornographic. We have to be pure of heart and pure of mind. You know, garbage in, garbage out. If you're uh, watching garbage on TV, that's how you want to think and speak. If you're trying to uh, do the things of God, then that, those things of purity is going to come out. But, you know, remember, both, fle both flesh, both fresh and salt water cannot run out of the same fountain. So we have to be very careful uh, to uh, make sure that we're doing those things that are pure and righteous and holy in God's eyes. And women, this is what we're talking about here, to show that kind of purity uh, in your in your lives, okay? Uh, and so, actually, I kind of jumped ahead. That's actually in verse 15. Uh, I'm sorry, um, in verse uh, 5, uh, to be self-controlled and pure. So I actually jumped ahead a little bit. I apologize. Uh, but anyway, there, to teach what is good. You know, teaching younger women what is good, uh, building them up, showing those things that are godly and wonderful. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of older women, uh, whether they're grandmothers, uh, or, you know, they could show a lot of a lot of young ladies uh, how to take care of their homes. So, like I said, there's a lot of women out there, uh, a lot of young girls out there, uh, late teens, early 20s, mid-20s, late 20s, that uh, they don't know how to take care of a home. Maybe they didn't have a mother that showed them these kind of things, uh, that showed them... Uh, uh, you know how to cook or how to clean or how to take care of a home uh, and uh, you know that's one of the really thing that you know I, me and Brandy's talking about we really, really need to get back to having like a, a, a women's group at the church because there's a lot of young girls out there who needs that instruction needs that understanding that you know it's beyond uh, 
sitting around eating bonbons, watch soap operas all day. There's responsibilities. There's things uh, to show. You know, there's some women out there, all they want to do is tear their husbands down. They want to, uh, you know, all they want to do is uh, uh, think about every fault uh, that he has. And uh, they're not trying to uplift him in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And, uh, you know, and putting the needs of themselves before others. Uh, putting the needs of others before themselves. There you go. That didn't sound right. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying. Uh, but, you know, so that's why we, older women, you are needed. You need to help shape and guide this younger generation coming up. You know, it's sad that women, those girls and boys alike, all they want to do is sit around and play video games all day. That's it. You know, I, I was, uh, it's been a few years back, I, I was listening on the radio, that uh, uh, people are concerned about the infrastructure of our country. Uh, because of the lack of interest in being an engineer or a doctor, uh, you know, uh, to be blue-collar workers, uh, to be, you know, plumbers or whatever it may be, these kind of things, electricians, there's a lack of interest, in, and they're actually recruiting uh, foreigners from other countries because so many young people, all they want to do is play their video games, live in their mama's basement till they're 60 years old, and uh, and do nothing with their lives, and so our infrastructure is going to crumble. I tell you, I don't know how many. I mean, it was kind of a rough movie. I'll be honest with you. It's been uh, several years ago when I watched it, um, but uh, it's the movie *Idiocracy*. And I'm telling you, buddy, it's you is almost uh, uh, a parody of what's going on now. I mean, it's just. Uh, uh, I don't know. Hopefully, you can, maybe if you have a family, want to watch me, you can find the edited version. But it was uh, uh, unbelievable uh, how it's almost like looking at where we're headed easily if things don't change in a heartbeat. I mean, really. Uh, but anyway, um, so be sure that uh, you older ladies, if you have granddaughters uh, or daughters, whatever it may be, that you're, you can show them uh, these things uh, when it comes to um, uh, just everyday uh Lessons and things that they might need to need to learn and understand. And so train the young women to love their husbands. Now, you see that here, to love their husbands. So obviously, when we see that here, to love their husbands, that's something that doesn't come naturally. You know, that's something they, they have to work on. Now, obviously, when you uh, first meet, uh, you know, it's uh, that puppy love. And, uh, uh, you know, they called it puppy love. But anyway, you know, it is... Um, uh, you know, your, your head over heels, and um, uh, Jamie Lynn Arnold says, sad but true about the movie. Yeah, it is. It's pitiful. But, you know, it is, uh, um, all you see is stars. You know, you got your head up somewhere that, you know, <laughs> nothing, all you think about is the other person. And that's fine and good. But, um, uh, in fact, I remember Dad uh, used to give me a hard time. He said, if you get your head out of somewhere and, and pay attention, put more energy into working or whatever than this girl, then you could accomplish so. <laughs> uh, you know, but when it comes to loving someone, it does take work. You know, I, uh, you know, I love my wife dearly, and uh, uh, and I do anything in the world for her, but there are times when we would like to just choke the other one's head off. I mean, I, you know, I love her dearly, but there's times that she just knows how to push my buttons to the point that I mean, I could literally probably just take my head and just just knock a hole in the wall with my forehead. And then after she's pushed my buttons and I could blow up, well, I don't understand why you're mad. 
that right there makes me angry. <laughs> you know, it's like as if she was an innocent lamb who'd done nothing and she was just Cinderella running around and birds were flocking to her arms and she was singing little joyful songs and here I come in as the being bad ogre that I am and was screaming at her for no reason and she's like, what happened? <laughs> so, if she's watching, she's going to kill me later. But anyway, it's still fun to torment her where she, where she can't get a hold of me. But anyway, uh, you know, so it does take work. And that's something these young girls need to understand. You know, I think some people see divorce as a, um, um, you know, too easy. You know, they, they see it as just, well, it's just a, a way out and just go on. You know, that's one thing I've told you before. Dad told me when Brandy and I got married, he said, make it work. And that's something we have to do. We have to make it work. So, you know, obviously, it doesn't always come uh, natural just to automatically love somebody else. You've got two people from two completely different worlds trying to coexist in the same home. And, uh, you know, there's times I look at her, my wife and I think, man, you had to be uh, raised by wolves, you know. And uh, I've met her family and it's not missed it by much. No, I'm joking. But she looks at me the same way thinking I must have been raised by wolves. You know, she thinks the same thing about me because we were raised completely different. And uh, so it's hard sometimes uh, to coexist. But that's why we have to make it work. And that's why that's why we I think that we wonder why we see that in here is to uh, to love their husbands, all right, to make it a point that hey, you have to make this work. That you have it may not always come easy. And and children love their husbands and children as if to say that maybe that doesn't even come natural. And as we have just talked about earlier, that may not always come natural for some women to love their children. You know, maybe they didn't have parents to raise them properly. Maybe they come out of a broken home. Like I said, maybe their mothers abandoned them. Their fathers abandoned them. Maybe there's alcohol. Maybe there's physical, sexual abuse of the home. And so they don't know how to raise a family of their own. It, it, of their own, it may not come natural. And so, you know, obviously, if you're uh, saying derogatory uh, words to your kids or you're slapping them around, you have, you know, you have to know that is wrong. Uh, you know, Brandy likes to watch these talk shows. They're showing this woman the other day. They had her on secret video, and she's wailing on this kid, man. It's, I tell you what, uh, I, that's why I couldn't be a cop. If I come in, I saw somebody abusing a woman or a child, I'm just telling you, that they'd be taking me to jail because I couldn't handle it. I just, it, it takes special men and women to be a police officer because I'm telling you right now, it'd be a lot of accidental shootings if I was a cop, so I'm just telling you. So, uh, so we understand that uh, uh, it may not always come natural uh, to the things of uh, when it comes to loving their husbands or come to loving their children. Uh, that is something that may take work. Now, um, let's try to think here. There's a verse, some verses I wanted to read here. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. 1 Corinthians 13... Four through seven. And it's something that we need to focus on. Women, men alike, something we need to focus on. If you're, is that love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things endures all things. So these are the, this, this passage here is something that we all should really focus on. And uh, particularly a lady, if you're having 
or men alike. If you're having uh, impatience with your children, let's face it, you know, we all love our children. And uh, other people's children, we tolerate, okay? And uh, some people's children can be uh, little monsters. And uh, there are some people's children you see coming, you're thinking, oh, dear Lord, help me. Please get that thing away from me. You know, maybe think of that on uh, uh, Seinfeld with Kramer. They talking about how beautiful that baby was. And uh, Kramer walked over there and he was <laughs> scaring him to death, you know? And not every child, if you want to see an ugly parent, follow an ugly child home. <laughs> So that's awful. Is that not awful for a pastor to say? I tell you. Oh, uh, so. But anyway, I was wondering why all these people are following my kids home. I never understood that. <laughs> we need to, you know, if you're having, if you're getting irritable with your kids or, or your husband, or, you know, remember this. Remember this. If write this, you know, write it down. Uh, highlight in your Bibles. First, First Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient, kind, does not envy, boast is not irritable or resentful. We need to remember those passages. You know, like I say, it can, um, to say it uh, uh, and to do it is two different things. You know, I can sit and tell you these things, and it is right. Uh, I mean, I said a little arrogant, <laughs> what I'm saying is right. I mean, but it is right. It's the truth. It's God's word. Uh, but um, uh, but you have to act on it. You know, you sit there and say, well, yeah, I believe what he's saying. He's right. But then you don't, uh, enact on it, uh, you don't uh, really do it, well then what's the point? You know, you might as well just read a poem out of a book. You know, it could be a good sentiment too, but it doesn't mean anything. But God's Word is truth, and if you don't focus on these things that are lovely and true and precious, then what's the point? You know, that's why we have this uh, God's Word to guide us and to show us what uh, we need to do. Now, um, let's see, love their husbands and children. To be self-controlled, again, uh, we see that to be self-controlled, uh, to be sensible, to be uh, rational. Uh, you know, again, uh, well, I think Bernard said itself, to be self-controlled. Uh, you know, whether it's controlling your temper, uh, your, uh, letting your uh, irritability get out of control, and if your kids are driving you nuts, and your, your husband's driving you nuts, like on Brandy's case, uh, she don't know, my son's 20, my daughter's 17, almost 17, and uh, she's rarely ever here, so I, she still has me to torment the life out of her. And so um, uh, she wonders, and I wonder why she gets irritable. <laughs> That's why I did a, a little video uh, last night uh, where I was uh, had a mask on and was uh, trying to scare her and tormenting her, and because uh, it, it, it brings a lot of joy. So she has to show a lot of self-control uh, to keep from beating me to death sometimes. So, you know... <laughs> So you be self-controlled. That's in all areas, whether we talk about giving in to much wine, your anger, your temper, uh, whatever it is, you know, show that uh, show that self-control to be pure. Uh, and again, going back to what we just talked about, God, I jumped ahead on that just a hair um, in regards to what you're watching, what you're reading. You know, if all you're doing is sit around and you're watching uh, these soul propers, and they're you know and. You watch these stupid soul proppers. Everybody's having an affair on everybody. It, it is just, you know, you you watch the the Bachelor. You watch uh, these all these stupid, goofy shows like that. All right, you may get upset with me, but like those are good shows. Well, they may be to you, but personally, I would rather uh, watch paint dry on the wall. But uh, you know, uh, but if that's all you're watching and taking in, then it may entice you to. Uh, to go in a direction that's um, not going to honor the vows you made between you and your husband. And that's one thing you have to be very, very careful about. So that's why you have to be very pure in what you're watching and what you're doing. 
Now, here's something that's really going to ruffle some feminist feathers. Working at home. Well, here's the thing. Um, I'm not saying it's it's a sin for a woman to work outside the home. I'm not saying that at all. Okay. And finances are to a point where a lot of times women uh, do have to work outside the home. My wife does. Uh, she has to do it in order to, to make ends meet. I told her she wanted her furs and diamonds that she had to contribute to. <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, but you know, I'm, of course, I'm joking. But you know, when but the point I think that, uh, that we're seeing here is the fact that if a, a woman has children, in particular, uh, you know, if it's if it's feasible, if it's possible. Uh, for them to work at home, to stay at home. No woman's going to uh, be on her deathbed and say, boy, I sure glad I made it through the corporate ladder. No, when uh, any of us are on our deathbed, we're going to wish our family was around us. And there's been great contributions uh, in this nation, in this world, to good, godly Christian mamas who raised their, their kids up and showed them the things of the Lord and they who have gone out and done wonderful things. Hold on, sorry. I uh, apologize. There you go. I get tired of all these political calls. But anyway, um, the cops, they want me to run for president. You know, I told uh, Trump, listen, he's got Pence. He don't need me there with him. It's been a tough struggle. He's calling Matt, please, will you will you uh, be a part of my candidacy? I'm like, you know, Trump, I love you, brother, but I, I just can't right now. He just can't seem to let it go. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, of course, you know, I'm joking. At least I hope you know I'm joking. But it is... Um, uh, you know, you see a lot of uh, uh, great missionaries, great pastors, as a result of good, godly Christian mamas who who stayed at home and, and raised their kids the right way. That's what they me and Brandy did. It's not to be a, a braggart, my no stretch of the imagination, but we felt it was important for her to stay home, uh, and it was her choice. You know, I wasn't, you know, you stay at home, woman, you get in the kitchen and make me some pie. You know, I wouldn't like that. Uh, you know, we discussed it. She felt strongly about it, too. She had a great job. She loved working at the nursing home. She's an activities director. She liked what she did. But when Brandon Madison was born, she wanted to be at home uh, with her. And there was a very short time after she was born that uh, I was in between jobs and, and I was having a hard time trying to find something. She had to go out and work for just a little bit till I uh, got on at, uh, with the phone company at that time. And it like to killed her. She's crying every morning. It killed me. I hated it. But, uh, but that was just a very short time, you know, and we had to sacrifice, you know, it was tough. We, uh, you know, uh, our, we had to really, we did drive the nicest of cars. We couldn't go on vacations. You know, we really had to sacrifice in order for her to be able to stay home uh, with our child. And even after Madison went to school, and I'll tell you what, uh, when Madison went to kindergarten, that had to be, gosh, man, I'll tell you what, Brandy was crying, I was crying, that was tough. And even after she went to school, Brandy volunteered up to school just so she'd be close to Madison in case she needed anything. But um, uh, but it was a sacrifice. It was a struggle. But looking better, I'm so glad we did it. I really do. And I'm glad that Brandy was willing enough to do that. So I think there was a, there bears a certain amount of importance uh, when we see that working at home, being that helpmate, uh, being there to take care of that home. I praise God for the home that we have. And, you know, Brandy, she makes some killer meals. As you can see in my fat belly, she makes some good meals. She made a killer supper tonight. Oh, my gosh. She made homemade gravy and, and a hamburger with onion and homemade mashed potatoes. Oh, and she made an awesome peach cobbler. Shoo-wee. I tell you, she's just trying to kill me slowly by getting me fatter and fatter. I think that's what she's doing. 
But she provides a nice home for us, and she works hard. She helps me. When we got this business, we're trying to make these flags and these crosses things. She's big help to me there. She is a helpmate, and uh, I don't know what I'd do without her. So, I, you know, that's why I think we see that there. It's not necessarily so much as having children in a home as the fact that uh, it's the woman at home making it a home. You see what I'm saying? That they're there to, uh, uh, to help encourage her husband and to... Uh, uh, to make our home somewhere that he can be his little sanctuary to come home to. And I ain't saying you have to be like June Cleaver and wear a dress and heels and have your husband's slippers ready with his pipe and uh, uh, waiting on his every uh, whim. I'm not saying that, ladies. So don't, don't get uh, tore up at me. Start sending me uh, dirty emails and things like that. But, uh, so, uh, but we see the word kind, okay? So working at home and kind. You know, when you see that word kind, uh, that is somebody who is not only nice, but put, places the needs of others before themselves. Now, remember, you know, we look at uh, culturally, all right, feminists, you know, uh, if, if I was talking to a liberal group of women, uh, you know, the uh, neo-Nazi shaved head feminist, they would probably have me stoned, drug out in the streets and beat to death for saying even half of the things I've said out here. But here, it goes back to what I was talking about, showing the humility. Are you going to be humble enough to do God's will, or are you too worried about cultural standards? That, that's the thing. You have to choose between the world or God. And when you can humble yourself before God, then you take what's being said here, and you understand uh, why God puts these things in place and why he wants women to do these things that are, are put on here. You can say they're misogynistic. You can say uh, whatever. But, uh, but we have to understand this is where God... Uh, is trying to uh, to show uh, how to be a good godly Christian woman, and when they see that word "kind," there is is showing not only politeness but um, understanding, building other people up. Uh, you know, you're generally worried about somebody else's needs, uh, whether it's a family member or whatever. You know, that's one thing I can always uh, say about Brandy. She is very kind. Uh, she can be very loving. She's also meaner than a snake, but. Um, <laughs> But she is very kind, and if there's a family member, she tries to build them up. Or if somebody at work is down, she tries to build them up, help them. And that's put, placing somebody else's needs above your own. And that's what, that's what that word kind, that's when we see that there, is that kindness uh, that you're putting forth towards other people. And that's what it, ladies. You know, there's some women out there who are just, I don't know how to put it, they're just nasty. You know, I've, I've met women in my life that... Uh, I was going over to ETSU, I long forever thought about me going in the ministry, I was going to ETSU. And I'd have these crude, nasty women, you know, they'd be like, you know, well, I just say what's on my mind, and they just cuss and curse, and just nasty people, man. I mean, they just, I mean, just you wouldn't want to be around them. I mean, they're just always just hateful, and just hated everything, and everybody, and it's just like, what is your problem, you know? Uh, to me, that's, that's just, you know, it's not, you know, I'll just say what's on my mind, that's just rude. You know, I don't care if you're male or female. I've met men just like it, too. I'm like, man, you're just a jerk. I just want to boils down to. And uh, where I've met men like it, it's uh, acted that way. It's just, you know, no sense in that. But it goes a long way. I think when you're showing kindness, you're showing Jesus. And that's what it boils down to. Uh, when you can be put the needs of others above yourself, showing that kind of kindness, that is showing Jesus. And that's what we're at the heart of the matter, what we're getting at here. You know, last time we met, we were talking about the characteristics of older men. Now we're showing the characteristics of older women and younger women to show that kind of attitude and Christian characteristics that only come from God. Okay?
Now, also, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Now, that is a word that does not go well with the feminist agenda to be submissive. Oh, mama, you don't want to put that out there. I ain't submitting to nobody. You know, that's, uh, you know, that, whoa, now listen. All right, we need to understand that. All right, so uh, as I told you before about Ephesians 5, and uh, well, let's just read it again. All right, let's just look over here at Ephesians 5. We'll get back over here. Ephesians 5. Okay. But just the context here, okay? Ephesians 5. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church. His body and his, is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Gave himself up for her. Um that he might be sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water and of the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Jesus cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife and himself. Let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, when we see that there, um, that's submission, all right? Just like Jesus Christ um, you, know, you know, he's fully God, uh, he's fully man, but he submitted himself to God in order to, uh, to do God's work uh, to save us, all right? to save us from a very real hell. Jesus Christ had to submit. We see that submission in a type of, of a military way, submitting yourself to the, uh, to the officer that's uh, above you in rank. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that kind of submission. It's, it's, it's showing uh, the church and God, that God is head of the church. The church is submission unto God. We see that. But when the world hears that word submission, that's like, you know, they want to go ballistic. They can't handle it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to have no part of, of any kind of submission uh, whatsoever. But wives, you have to submit spiritually to your husband. You know, and that's why we, I made her point to read Ephesians 5, that a man is not to be that dictator. He's to love his wife as his own body, because whoever hated his own body, it is imperative, it is important that you work together cohesively as a team. But as spiritually matters, it is important that the man is the head of the household, and, he, uh, and that the wife is submissive to him in spiritual matters, and he's to lead his family into church. And to do those things, and when she, when a wife can show that kind of submission uh, to uh, her husband and do those things that are godly, it makes her even more beautiful. You look, you can see that in Proverbs uh, 31, that um, it talks about the the glories of a wife and a woman. Uh, look at Philippians 2:3, just real quick here. Philippians 2:3. Um, let's see here. 2:3 uh, says, "Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility." Count others more significant than yourselves. Again, we're showing this. When we're talking about submission, that the world, you know, uh, feminists would would hate if I was to uh, talk about this. But showing that submission is uh, is you're showing God's way instead of the world's way. 
And that comes all the way back to what we were talking about in the beginning, talking about that humility. If you want to see what a good godly woman is supposed to be, read Proverbs 31. I think that says it very well. Uh, but um, I know it, this is not in any way uh, to put women down. In fact, Christianity uplifts women. See, there's a lot of people, they want to say the, the Bible is a book of fairy tales and, and it's uh, misogynistic and that it's uh, hate-filled and bigoted and, and um, nothing would be further from the truth. Uh, God's word, uh, Jesus Christ, Christianity was revolutionary in its day, in a day when women were not allowed uh, to even leave their homes. The only man allowed to even come in the same area they were in was their husbands. They weren't even allowed to even eat with their husbands. If they left and wanted to have a job, they had to be prostitutes. I mean, they weren't even allowed to worship in temples. But when Christianity came along, they were able to worship right alongside men. And that was unheard of. as unlike any other religion. Christianity glorifies women. They uplift women. And that's, you know, so there's, by no stretch of imagination are we trying to tear women down. Women are beautiful and wonderfully made. And God created them to be different. But they are to work, you know, that's one thing that uh, we, we understand that, um, uh, that with men and women, we are to work together. We, we, live, we build each other up. We, we fit together like a puzzle. Okay, and the only way that's going to work is by keeping Jesus Christ first in your lives and in your relationship. And if you don't have that, then it's doomed to fail. But uh, and that's one great thing that we up, we lift each other up. We work together, man. In God's eyes, uh, it's a wonderful thing. So that's one thing we have to keep in mind. That we're, by no stretch of imagination are we trying to tear women down. God's word builds them up. Because uh, I tell you what, uh, women are fascinating. They really are. I tell you, look at my wife sometimes and I think, uh, you know, look how beautiful she is and how God created her and how she looks and views and sees things that I wouldn't ordinarily see. And uh, sometimes I wonder what in the world she sees in me. But uh, thank God she's uh, nearsighted and, and uh, stays drunk a lot, so she don't really know what, I, what she's married to. <laughs> I'm joking. But, uh, but anyway, I, I hope that these, these, these scriptures found you well. And, um, and that uh, you understand that this is only to, uh, to show women uh, how to, um, uh, to be better uh, Christians in their character and in their spirit. And likewise, like we were talking about the men, is to, uh, to show their character uh, as Christians as well. So uh, hopefully this found you well and uh, you can glean from uh, tonight's teaching. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. And Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, thank you for this teaching tonight. Lord, help us, uh, guide us, and direct us. Uh, Lord, let us serve you well, male and female alike. Lord, let us always put you first. Let us be humble before you. And Lord, uh, just let us be tools in your toolbox. And Lord, uh, uh, and just uh, let us hear one day, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, is there anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you? Let him pray this prayer. Dear God. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with you, Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead us. God, protect us when we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I appreciate you all watching uh, this evening. And uh, Lord willing, we will meet again uh, this Wednesday at 7 p.m. and continue our study in Titus. So I wish you all well. Have a good week. And God bless. Thanks for watching.